It is so good to be back among friends and siblings, siblings of Christ here at Montreat. It has been a while, a little bit too long, but I'm grateful to be here and grateful for God's spirit and what God's spirit does in your midst. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. And just as a full disclosure, this is my translation. Now, as they went, he entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the feet of the Lord to hear his word. But Martha became overburdened by many tasks of service. And coming to him, she asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her so that she would help me. In answering, the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, and there is need of only one thing. Mary chose the good part, which will not be taken from her. Holy wisdom, holy word. Annie, my dear friend and seminary roommate, likes to entertain. And when she and I decided to become roommates, one of the first questions she asked was, so how often do you want to have people over? And I'm thinking, we should entertain about once or twice a month. I was befuddled by this question, if I'm honest. But willing to compromise for the sake of this newly minted friendship and rooming situation. Those of you going to college or other programs, you understand. And so I said, um, hmm. How about once or twice a semester? <laughs> you see, I'm a bit ambivalent about hosting. When I think about hosting a party, my first thought is not about how much fun it will be or about imagining a cool thing with great food and drinks and all of that. No, no, my first thought is that I have to clean the house. And I'm not talking about your old garden variety, the kitchen and the bathrooms, you know, hopefully the daily chores. I'm talking about a deep cleaning. Not quite on the level of a spring cleaning, but close enough. You see, my mother, Lillian Green, loves to entertain. In fact, her love language is cooking. The more people she can feed, the better. And my mother is an excellent cook and an exceptional baker. So when she would host a gathering, a meeting, or a party, that usually meant that I was on cleaning detail with her and my sister. Dusting, mopping, vacuuming, and for good measure, and not quite sure how it was always connected to the event, laundry. Cleanliness is next to godliness may not be in the Bible, but it was certainly scripture or holy writ in my house. 
And when guests are expected, and even not, don't let me tell you about the Saturday chores, godliness really shines in our house, accompanied with the fresh scent of pine saw. So at a very young age, I learned from my mother that good hospitality is about having our house in order. The story of Martha and Mary begs the question, is our house in order? In this morning's lesson, we find Martha welcoming Jesus and his disciples into her home. An owner and host, she is responsible for ensuring that their comfort, their safety, and their nourishment. And Luke does not share whether Martha was expecting her guests or her guests just simply arrived. Her hospitality, though, was well known to Jesus. He knew his teachings, his disciples, and the kingdom of God are welcomed in Martha's home. They knew that her home is a place where lambs are, can go who are among the wolves. They knew it was a refuge for those who carry no purse, no bag, and no sandals, and that there will be a table with food and drink for those called to bring the kingdom of God. And in addition to Martha is her sister, is her sister Mary, who was either a younger sister or her broke sister. As a younger sister, I understand what both of those mean. Mary is mentioned neither as a co-owner of the home or as a co-host, which may partially explain her lack of helping her sister at the moment. Brother Luke describes her as the one sitting at the feet of the Lord to hear his word. Unfortunately, often Mary and Martha get contrasted. Woe is Martha, the overburdened, busybody, distracted by all her tasks and not focusing on Jesus. Scholars often belittle her domestic duties and characterize her as the antitype. They tend to interpret Jesus' words to her as chastisement. Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things, and there is need of only one thing. Mary receives all the kudos. Yay, Mary! She is sitting at the feet of Jesus as disciples do. One scholar even describes Mary's posture as being demonstrative of one at the beginning of her journey of discipleship. I'm not quite sure how this writer came to that particular conclusion, considering that Jesus seemed quite familiar with the family, but that's another sermon for another day. Interpreters see Mary as the moral example because their English translations of verse 2 reads, Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away, taken away from her. So in this moment, Martha is wrongfully consumed by her tasks, and Mary is rightfully consumed by Jesus. Allow me to step back a moment to talk about this word house. House has many meanings. The most common is a physical structure of habitation. 
in addition to being a shelter, includes all the necessary things and resources we need for living. A house can also refer to a social structure, that is, one's family, kin, group, or community. You may remember Joshua's famous words, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. House can also be a metaphor of one's inner dwelling, that is, one's life, one's situation, circumstance, whether mental, relational, or spiritual. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes, Do you not know that you are God's temple, that God's spirit dwells in you? So with these definitions, scholars, interpreters, and preachers who contrast these two sisters would likely conclude that Martha's house really is not in order, but Mary's house is. But I disagree with them. As far as I can tell, Jesus goes to Martha's house because he knows her house is in order. Luke wants his audience to understand this about Martha as well. When we read the story of Martha and Mary by itself, we do not always realize it as the conclusion of the gospel writer's chapter on hospitality and discipleship. Luke 10 begins with these words. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. In this account, Jesus tells his disciples to only stay at homes and in towns that welcome them and receive their ministry. In other words, if a house is not in order, meaning not ready to welcome God's messengers as well as God's message, then they need to just walk on by. We also must remember that Jesus teaches his disciples to be good guests. He says, remain in the same house eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborers deserve to be paid. Do not move from house to house. Following the story of the mission of the 70 is the story of Jesus' encounter with a lawyer who tries to test him by asking, so who's my neighbor? And here... Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan to teach the commandments to love God and to love neighbor. And the Samaritan service exemplifies this discipleship. So basically, Jesus teaches that one's head knowledge of the law must accompany one's praxis of the law. Or as an old saying goes, your actions speak louder than words. As we think about the story of Martha and Mary, it is helpful to read it as a continuation of Luke's narrative of hospitality and discipleship. These three stories, though, also reflect 
looks high value on service as epitomized in the gospel's description of leadership. In Luke 22, as the disciples debated about who among them was the greatest, Jesus answers, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. According to Luke, hospitality is a form of discipleship in action. And as we are called to welcome and to receive the kingdom of God, we are called to welcome and receive one another, especially our neighbors as highlighted in the parable of the Good Samaritan. So, Martha's house is in order. But what about Jesus' response to Martha? The common translations of Mary choosing the better part is just that, common. But just because something is the norm does not automatically make it right. Allow me to say that again. Just because something is the norm does not automatically make it right. The Greek literally reads that Mary has chosen tain agathing paraga, the good part. Jesus does not make a comparison. Mary chose equally well. And any good host knows that hospitality is not just about preparation, making the house comfortable for the guests. Rather, it is about preparation and presence. By sitting and listening to Jesus, Mary is fully present with the guests of honor, focusing on him and his words. She is regarding and respecting, connecting and communing, exchanging and engaging with his full humanity. So the story of Martha and Mary is not one about a nagging, busybody sister chastising the younger sister who is righteously listening while sitting at Jesus' feet. Luke has intentionally positioned this story to be one that is equally about hospitality and discipleship, about doing and listening, welcoming and receiving one another as well as the kingdom of God. In our modest home, my family has entertained 50 to 60 people at a time. People seem like, like they're busting out of the scenes of the home. And family and friends do not frequent our home and attend our parties before the clean bathrooms or the vacuum floors. I don't believe anyone said, you know, I like going to the Green's house because the tables are always dusted. They come because they know, to quote the Godfather of Soul, that they will have a funky good time. If we have cleaned and prepared well, people should hardly notice. 
Our service makes space for people to talk and to laugh, to dance and to play games, to leave their troubles on the doorstep or to know that they can bring their troubles inside because they will find people who will listen, who will regard and respect their full humanity. Hosts are most hospitable when guests see them enjoying themselves and being fully present. And good guests don't want their hosts feeling overburdened or distracted. In other words, when we can relax and have fun with our guests, then our guests can relax and have fun with us. This, too, is having our house in order. Jesus was not concerned by Martha's hospitality, especially not in contrast to Mary's. Martha, though, is just not enjoying herself. She's distracted, overburdened, and concerned by many things. Her distracted self, her divided self, is unable to fully be present and be at peace. Jesus' words may not actually be condemnation, but maybe an invitation. Martha, Martha, come on, you are worried and distracted by many things. There's need for only one thing, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. Luke stops the story there. He does not tell us the one thing exactly with which Martha should be concerning herself. We tend to make conclusions, assumptions, but Luke doesn't really say. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is saying, Martha, look, the food is good. The wine, it's flowing. We're comfortable. We're having a good time. You have done what is needed for now. Come and join your sister and have a funky good time with us. Allow me to take a second to share about this funky good time. It is a lyric from James Brown's 1973 hit titled, Doing It to Death. It is a song that evokes a sense of liberation and even subversion. Its syncopated swing sonically liberates our body to groove and to dance. And by taking us higher as the lyrics go, the song helps the listener, especially the black listener in that time, to subvert society's constant assault on our humanity and dignity through a natural high of joy. A kind of joy, another lyricist writes, the world didn't give to me. The song, colloquially called, Gonna Have a Funky Good Time, energizes. It boosts a listener to go into the world for the struggle, to live, to thrive, to be and do as God calls. And for us as Christians, this groove can help us point others to the one who can take us higher. The song has a baseline that can move us to participate in Jesus's revolutionary mission and God's transformative work. It can drive us to get into what John Lewis calls good trouble. As a church, 
we must ask ourselves as individuals and as a body of Christ, is our house in order? Are we distracted and overburdened by many things? Or are we present, listening to God, so that we may proclaim and receive the gospel? Is our house in order? As we are called to worship and serve God, we're also called to minister and serve all our neighbors. To ask is our house in order is to ask, are we ready to serve? Are we having a funky good time, subverting the world's and even our injustices and participating in God's liberating and redeeming work? The prophets are explicit about how we are to order our house. Amos writes, take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your hearts, but let the justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Micah writes, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Isaiah posits, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice? To undo the thongs of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free? And to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not hide yourself from your own kin? The prophets call God's people to put their house in order with the melodies of justice the groove of compassion, and the funk that comes when we get into good trouble. That is the work of God's kingdom. Like Martha, our ministry is to serve. Like Mary, we're to be fully present to God's word and God's people. And along with our doing, we are to listen with our action, we are to learn. With our welcoming, we are to receive. As one author writes, both listening and doing, receiving God's word and serving others are vital to the Christian life, just as inhaling and exhaling are to breathing. Hospitality is discipleship. And though the labor can be hard, Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We are to welcome Christ in our lives as Martha and be fully present with him as Mary so that our house can be in order. Is our house in order? In the name of Jesus Christ, I hope so. 
And when it's not, by God's grace, it will get there. And may we welcome and receive the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our house. May we learn to enjoy hosting as well as being good guests. May we appreciate the preparation and pause to be present. And together in our discipleship, may we have a funky good time. Amen.